If it felt wait, like- Wait, 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 I want to do it. What a difference a tray makes. <laughs> Got it. Crush that. Oh, wow. So, uh, Travion Henderson, a healthy Travion Henderson is a game changer for Ohio State. I am rattled with this start to snap yeah. judgments. They are brought to you by Byers Auto. Did not see that coming. Uh, I was going to say it felt like Ohio State was of two minds about how to evaluate the latest win that moved them to 9-0. It was 35-16 win over Rutgers right here at SHI Stadium in Piscataway, New Jersey. And it was because they played two extremely different halves. Mm-hmm. And then Travion Henderson did make a very good big difference, both as a rusher and a receiver. And uh, the Buckeyes wind up pulling away. Yeah, and these are snap judgments presented by Byers Auto. We are. Um, if you're gonna hijack the start of the yeah. show, you have to no, say. No, I that. wanted to just make sure I, I got it there. Okay. Um, it's so <laughs> weird because the first quarter today for Ohio State felt normal. Uh, you know, they they go three and out on the opening drive, but it was like, eh, whatever. Second drive, nice touchdown drive, perfect throw by McCord to G Scott, and you think right there, like, hey, this one's gonna get rolling, and then they just didn't, and uh, it's. It's weird because I feel like sometimes the offense is trying very hard to not be explosive. (laughs) And and kudos to Rutgers. So let's start there, okay? This is a good Rutgers defense. It's been talked about ad nauseum over this past week. But that's not just lip service. They were very very well coached. Uh, I asked Marvin Harrison walking off the field, like, what did they do to change up on you guys? And he said they were not expecting that Rutgers by cover two, which is kind of weird to me that you weren't expecting it, considering Greg Schiano's known for the Tampa two, whatever, but whatever, it happens. Um, you know, Ohio State won this game today because they have better players than Rutgers, not because the Buckeyes were better coached or better prepared or better schemed. This simply came down to... Sometimes the Jimmy Jimmy's and Joes are more important than the X's and O's, and that was proven in a major way for Ohio State today. And they get out of here with a 35 to 16 win. Vegas is happy or miserable, depending on who you ask. And uh, but you, I think there was a real sense coming into this one, and especially last week and this week, that Ohio State was just trying to make sure they didn't stumble in these two games. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you try to be too conservative, I think you end up making yourself worse than you would be. Sometimes. I guess maybe more so today than at any other point. It felt like Ohio State and Ryan Day were just like trying to tempt me. Like, oh, you really think you're just going to look at more of the positives and not be as negative and dwell on the the fine details like you did a year ago? Good luck with that, Austin. Like the first half was like, here you go. Here's your greatest temptation of the year. And it was incredibly frustrating to watch it. But I didn't, I couldn't really put my finger on it. There was the turnover from Kyle McCord. Uh, It wasn't a great throw. It seemed like a good read. Ryan Day was happy with the decision to go there. It just wasn't executed just high enough. A good play by Rutgers. You it's, have to it's give a practice throw that Ohio State works on. One inch throws. All the time. Yeah. And he just didn't make the throw. But, and then you hear, well, okay, well, it's, it's, it's a Kyle McCord thing again. I thought he played fine to above average. Uh, he was, he started 12 for 12. It wasn't for a ton of yardage, but they were moving down the field. And then Julian Fleming had a drop. G. Scott had a drop. And things got just a little bit out of out of sync a little bit. The way that Ohio State had it rolling early, the way that you talked about Berm, you just thought that that was going to continue. And even like, defensively, it was like, well, Rutgers is taking over time of possession here. They're going to have the edge. They're starting to find a little traction on the ground. And you wondered like, if yeah, some of the penalties, other things that were happening throughout the game, like, I don't know, is this the one where they might just give a little too much defensively and not be able to overcome it? But every time Rutgers got in the red zone, 
They, except for one, they, they threw out their elbows and got some key stops, especially there right before uh, halftime to keep that game manageable. The, the other part that I have not been able to really look at positives for in a month and a half, I don't know what in the world happened on the fake punt that put the defense in a bad spot there, bad field position. Ryan Day said after the game that it was a miscommunication and they did not want to run the fake. I... I have to take him at his word. He's the head coach. It seems odd to me because Jesse Murko always goes to the right. Yeah. And Xavier Johnson was on the left blocking, got called for a penalty. Maybe it was desperation. I don't know. I don't know how he would have sensed that that was how the responsibility was changing. Uh, they had a conversation, Murko and Ryan Day on the sideline, but it didn't look like he was going ballistic on him for the decision. So it it felt to me like it was intentional. And it was just the latest installment of what is going on with Ohio State special teams and is it going to cost them a game? Today, it didn't because of that dominant second half. But I just, that is the first half rant. And I will be done with that because there were a lot of things to talk about in the second. If it was a called fake punt, it's the worst called fake punt I've ever seen. Uh, because you true. start the guy on the right hash, the guy who always, as you mentioned, runs to the right and kicks. And he immediately caught it and started to look like he was trying to get a fourth and one. And then jogged to his left without actually sprinting but never looking to punt the ball uh it was as it's just very perplexing but again but even if it here's my all right i have to add one more thing yeah let's i mean even if it on. was even if it was a miscommunication even if it was mm -hmm. then there has to be some element of ohio state coaching him into that situation if you see this look it's okay to go and make yeah. the call at, at some point... But why would you go that way? I don't know. I don't know. That didn't make any sense. But like, He's never done that. The special teams coordinator, Parker Fleming, I think he needs to talk some point soon. Because week after week after week, we're seeing these high, high leverage situations go by the wayside for Ohio State and for the, the opponents. And like you can't... At the end of November, you cannot have that happen on the road again when you're in Ann Arbor. Yeah. So you know, Ryan Day has been asked about special teams and that stuff the last couple of weeks and he's just like pretty non-committal about any single direction about it or yeah, I mean, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus but it's certainly it's obvious it's getting to a point where these issues can't continue or uh, things have to change um oh i got that out but bottom line the defense in the first half was put in some really bad positions and did a nice job bowing their backs and making stops. That's the third time this year where a team has had an opportunity to score a touchdown at the two-yard line in the last 30 seconds of the first half, and all three times the defense has held them out of the end zone. Um, sorry, Maryland wasn't at the two-yard line, but they were in scoring range, and they didn't score points. And it's a big, big deal. But I think if you look at the second half and the way that the defensive line was sort of being handled by, by Rutgers, was a little confusing to me based on how well they've been playing. I did ask Jim Knowles about it when we had a chance to talk to him. I said, was that the plan? And he kind of kind of seemed like he said yes, that was the plan, knowing that Gavin Wimsat, uh, Rutgers quarterback, was not going to be particularly threatening to them as a passer. They seemed content to let them pick up some rushing yards. But uh, uh, to me, like if you're going to give up four on first down, that's fine. If you're giving up eight every time, that's a big problem. Rutgers finished with over 250 yards on the ground. I think this is a defensive front that got pretty tired in yeah. the second half. Um, and, it, you know, we saw Hero Canoe get into the game again in the third quarter. I think the Buckeyes are at a point over these next couple of weeks where it is imperative that they start to rotate and get some of these guys fresh. We saw a frustration penalty out of Tyleek Williams. We saw a hands-to-the-face penalty on Michael Hall on the same drive. That was not, I mean, whatever, that 
these guys are being held every single play. I cannot believe it doesn't get called. Um, but bottom line, defense needed some help in the second half. And for the first time all year, the Ohio State offense picked them up. And that goes right back to the top of the show. And that was Travion Henderson and, and Kyle McCord who really did the job. Kyle, 12 of 16 in the first half, as you mentioned, 12 in a row completed after completing, what, 10 in a row to end the game a week ago. <laughs> he has 12 in a row, then he gets a drop, drop. The ball he throws to Marv, which is catchable. It's not a great, I mean, it's not a drop. The guy made a good play, but Marv has caught that ball 60% of the time. Mm -hmm. And then he throws the interception. So like for him to bounce back in the second half and come out and not play, not make mistakes, I thought was a big, big deal for him. Uh, and he he and Travion Henderson are the reason Ohio State was walking out of here with a 19-point win. Yeah, and uh, not to mention Jordan Hancock, who uh, I, I don't know what Ohio State would do without him, to be honest with you. The first half of the year, I said, well, Denzel Burke might be the guy that Ohio State can't do without. And we've seen that they have been able, they did today uh, and two weeks ago, to survive without him. Uh, now, Rutgers was not a, a dynamic passing attack, so you can take today maybe with a grain of salt. But not having Denzel Burke, not having Lathan Ransom, and then Josh Proctor was not able to return after the deflection, the big hit that set up Jordan Hancock with the 93-yard interception return that really seemed to to shake Ohio State alive and get them going again. Like, hey, okay, now they're into the game and they can finish it. I I, I do think that there's a lot to be said. Like, it's, it's a four-quarter game, and if you do struggle for one half, you are still able to keep it close, and you're able to respond, and they did on both sides of the ball. There's a lot to be said about the, the I don't know, championship medal or competitiveness. Ohio State did not hang its head and say, oh, gosh, there's, we're struggling against Rutgers. Are we going to just mess around? and lose? Like that, There was none of that going on. They, re they responded to that challenge, and I think that that's well worth a reminder. Like, we've seen this go different ways for Ohio State teams in the past when they've hit a little bit of adversity. This team hit some on the road against Rutgers back-to-back -back with a depleted roster, a captain who couldn't play a tight end, and, and I can go on down the list of the people who weren't able to play it at full speed. And they said, nope, that's that's not going to happen today. And they wound up winning comfortably. Yeah, and it's a smart Rutgers coaching staff. I mean, once Josh Proctor leaves this game and all of a sudden we see Kai Stokes on the field in the third quarter, and you're like, that's not happened all year. On the first play of the game, they threw they threw right, right, at, right Jermaine at Jermaine Matthews. Matthews and, and, and Rutgers is aware of this. Greg Schiano is a pretty smart guy. And a really successful football coach, and they not went, a great driver. Right, they went well. They went at Malik Hartford. They, they went at Kai Stokes when he was on the field. The Buckeyes had to change some things around all day, and uh, I, I think that it's it's a game where you can certainly circle some things that are like concerning, especially like you got two weeks at home now. Michigan State is not a very good team, uh, but they're at least playing with a little bit of oomph. I mean, did they end up winning today? I have no idea. It was 20 to 17. They were ahead uh, over Nebraska in the I was with, covering with two minutes ago. I just saw it on the scoreboard. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're going to see Minnesota, a very run heavy team in two weeks. And then you got Michigan, who is going to watch this game and see, okay, maybe that read option to look is something to uh, go at Ohio State about mm -hmm. um, because the eye discipline issues that we've seen crop up already earlier this season look to be there a little bit again today for um, the linebackers. And a bit more missed tackling today as well. Missed tackles, but that's where I'm saying, like, you don't have Lathan Ransom back there. And I think this is a perfect example of a guy that maybe we don't understand his value until he's not on the field uh, you know you're saying jordan hancock is maybe the most indispensable guy in the secondary what you saw with not having lathan ransom being able to crash and and, and make a four a four yard run not become an eight yard run that's the difference yeah um and i think that ohio state is just really really grateful to get out of here with a 36 to a 35 to 16 win and to find that the guy that they really believed 
was going to be the difference maker in this offense, and I'm not talking about Marvin Harrison Jr., the difference maker, we talked about him all preseason, sure. was Travion Henderson, and now you see what he is when he is healthy. And my goodness, like that dude can can change the game for Ohio State. Yeah, and and Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty good too. Two did, touchdowns. He did, he did not have as many looks as he wanted. Only I, eight targets. I talked to him about trying to work through any frustration or I didn't know what the right word would be. Like you, you tell me, Marv, what it's like to have, you know, bracket coverage and, and teams trying to take you away. And he said, you know, that's part of being a receiver. Like not every game, all eight targets are going to be completions or easy money or 150 yards every week. And he kept, he kept plugging away. And as Travion opened things up and, and made it more difficult for Rutgers to play them that way to take away uh, the pass, well, then guess what? They get down in the red zone. Marvin Harrison Jr. gets one-on-one matchups. There's nobody in the country that can stop him in that setting. He gets two touchdowns. He's got seven in the last four weeks. I mean, you look at the yardage total, and, and people may, I don't know, stop. knock him for that in the Heisman Trophy race, which, again, is not the most important thing, and he made that clear on Wednesday. If you Wednesday score on 50% of your catches, that's good. It's pretty good. And you put that, the touchdown numbers going up, Ohio State needing the big plays, and he delivers them in the clutch when they need them in the second half in a tight game. Like you're gonna see, you're gonna hear more. Ohio State is going to be talking about Marvin Harrison and and starting to launch a campaign for him, and he is well worthy of it and deserving of the attention. And he would probably get freed up a little bit if other guys caught the ball. Uh, that wouldn't mm-hmm. help because then you'd actually have to cover other guys. Um, you know that 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 has been a recurring theme this season for Ohio State at wide receiver and at tight end now. Like you see today, like it's just something. I, I don't know. I wish I could figure out why it looks like it's so much harder for these guys to catch the ball when Kyle McCord throws it than when C.J. Stroud threw it last year. We're, but here we are nine weeks into the season. You can't really worry about last year that much anymore. You get, they just have to get better at executing those plays. This, this game changes on a – this game goes a much different way, I think, if it's caught right out here at the 45-yard line by G. Scott. He's running for 40 yards. The Buckeyes don't have the miscommunication on the punt. This game changes in a big, big way. These guys just have to make plays. And, um, again, the second half, the offense picked up the defense for the first time all year. And I think that's actually something they can build on. But you're going to look at this game and find reasons to be grossed out. I mean, that's the reality. I said it last week at the live show at Roosters on Monday. Like, Ryan Day, after the Wisconsin game, immediately said, well, it's a noon game in New Jersey. It's going to be like they were, I think they sometimes talk themselves into things. Sure. And like I said it, I was like, I hope they're not just like going into it expecting to be playing ugly football. But then they did. So. But only for a half. Only for a a quarter. Really? Yeah, that's right. And then you get to take that teaching tape from the second quarter. You probably can burn it take the ashes, bury it somewhere out behind the woody and never speak of it again because the rest of it looked just about the way that Ohio State would have wanted. It was good enough for them to get a 19-point win on the road. It was good enough for them to move can to 9-0. Before we yeah, jump, jump, jump off here, did, I you, wasn't in the press conference. You started from the very beginning. I wasn't in the press conference. Was Ryan? Did Ryan Day say anything about Denzel Burke, why he would, was not here? I did not. Did I not. It was not specified. I mean, uh, we'll talk more about the, the injuries uh, specifically on the notebook. That will be coming a little bit later on. Uh, but did not talk about Denzel or uh, Lathan Ransom for how long a timeline would be. He was not asked about the nature of the injury. We know that, that he wouldn't have answered that. Yeah. It was about the length, how long they might have to be without him. And he said that they were still trying to figure that out. I think with Lathan, my understanding is that they're targeting maybe Minnesota, but yeah. hoping to have him back for the game. Uh, my suspicion uh, is that Denzel Burke may have just been back one week too early with Wisconsin. I do not know that. It's not confirmed. Just uh, trying to get a better feel for that as we uh, move into next week. 
Uh, Cade Stover, again, with you know that big knee brace, he was trying really hard to get that loose and to go in the game. And also half. had a, a wrist uh, thing brace, this week. Brace so. on his wrist. Uh, Devin Brown was back and listed as available. He had uh, a very large brace on his right ankle. Uh, I don't really know who would have been the backup quarterback for Ohio State today because Tristan Jebbia didn't do anything in pregame warm-ups. Um, didn't look like he could throw the ball, so that's something to keep an eye on, I guess, yeah. moving forward. So that's, uh, I think, why they needed to... We were maybe, this close. Maybe speed it up. To uh, Lincoln time. Yeah, and you would have you'd have won that bet for sure. Uh, that would have been wild. That would have definitely spiced things up here in New Jersey. Kudos to Rutgers. Like, today was... like. Th- this is the first time in five games here that we haven't heard an OHIO chant going around the stadium in the second quarter. Um, it was a really good atmosphere. The crowd actually got loud at times. Uh, Rutgers becomes the first team that Ohio State has ever beaten 10 straight times to begin a, um, a series. Mm-hmm. They're 10-0 against Rutgers. But Greg Schiano has this team moving in the right direction and this program moving in the right direction. I will promise you, walking off the field, talking to Ohio State players, they all were extremely complimentary of what Rutgers did just as a fundamental football team today. So kudos to Greg Schiano, but again, you got beat by the better players today. And and in the end, by a wide margin, 35 to 16, Ohio State is a winner. They're heading back. They've got back-to-back home games now, Michigan State and Minnesota coming before you know what happens at the end of November. Uh, this has been staff judgments. I don't know if Berm's gonna hijack my closing or not, like he did the opening. All right, he's not. We're going to wrap it up. These are always presented to you by Buyers Auto. If you're looking for a new or used car, choose Buyers Auto. That's going to wrap it up for Berm and I in New Jersey, heading back uh, to Ohio. Right about now, we're going to hit the road. So thanks for joining us for Snap Judgments. Buckeyes 9-0, they're number one in the country, and they went 35-16 at SHI Stadium. We'll talk to you later.